And now, gambling terms. Push, a wager that results in a tie. Even money, bet with the same payout as you wager. Legit, knowing where it's truly legal to gamble in Colorado. You can enjoy legal gaming in Blackhawk, Central City, Cripple Creek, as well as licensed online sports and off-track betting in Colorado. Play legit and gamble only where it's legal. Learn more now at playlegitco.com. A message from the Colorado Division of Gaming. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. I know a lot of y'all don't have experience in tech, and y'all are getting into tech. One other thing that I used, I leveraged my previous experience before getting into tech. So I chose specifically to get in financial technology for a reason. I had five years experience in banking before deciding to switch to tech. So for me, instead of just applying for random jobs at Google or random tech firms, I looked at companies where they would look at my previous experience and not dismiss it. They actually leveraged my five years of banking experience and built that into qualification time for the role itself. So instead of me coming in as a entry level sales engineer or entry level technical account manager, and that's actually the job I started as a technical account manager, they brought me in at a senior level because I had a business degree and I have five years experience in banking because the clientele I was gonna be serving in that tech role was a bank. All right, good stuff. So we're going to go ahead and do some live questions. Uh, as you all see, the mic is up here. So if anyone has questions, we do want you to prepare to make your way up. I'm going to go ahead and get it started with asking a couple questions just to kind of warm things up for y'all. And uh, so we'll go ahead and jump straight into it. Um, so first question I want to ask uh, to my panelists, and this is anyone can answer this. Do companies... <clears throat> In your opinion, do companies actually want diversity or do they just want tokens? That was a good one. Y'all like that? Y'all like that? Y'all like that? I thought it was good when I came up with it. <laughs> Hello? Okay. I cannot speak for every company. Yeah, of course not. I will say that any company that I have ever accepted an offer for or from, it's because I saw others such as myself in leadership roles within that company. If you are not seeing that, if there's not one person on the interview panel that looks like you, you may want to rethink some things. That's good. I mean, I can speak a little bit on that. Um, seeing that I do have a company, I will say that 71% of our engineering staff is African-American, which is something that you don't really see every day. I've been the only black guy on a lot of different engineering teams. And to be honest with you, I've been a token, and I've also been a part of a company that was really trying to expand and be diverse. So to piggyback off what you said, I think it's just a mix. You, you'll see companies out there that are very genuine about it, and then you'll see others that are like, hey, I just need to check this box so I don't get counseled, you know? Right. But you can feel that. I, I, I think bigger than anything else, I think quickly once you join an organization, it doesn't take long. You can quickly feel the difference. Does this culture accept me? Am I now a part of this culture? Or was I just a check the box, yeah. right? I've been at those organizations, you've probably been there too, and I've quickly made those moves, 
right? I got what I needed to get out of that role. I learned what I needed to learn. I mastered a new technology, a new, you know, programming language or whatever it was that I needed to get from that. And I quickly moved on, yeah. right? Because I saw what it was, but guess what? I'm gonna get what I need to get out of this before I move on. If that's how you're gonna play it, great. I'm gonna play it this way as well. So don't be afraid of that. I, I think for me, I've leveraged every opportunity just as much as they're getting their salaries worth out of me. I am going to get that plus some out of that job yeah. more than you know before I leave. Come on. So I don't care. <laughs> that's Let me be a token. Hey, that's some great. Let great me be advice. a token. That's just me. Let me be a token. And then, too, if you're diagnosing that that could be the situation, you may have an opportunity to be that black ERG leader or creator. And if you are trying to create that space for others like yourself and it's not being heard and the company doesn't have a budget, you know, and they're not returning your emails uh, regarding that, then you already know what it is. So for those of you all who have talked to me, y'all know I be saying stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, when I went into, what was surprising for me about when I interviewed for Microsoft was I literally interviewed beatboxing. I interviewed as Shanae, really as like, for people who know me, they call me Nay. So I was Nay Nay in that interview. Like nothing about Shanae was there. I was my absolute self the same way I would be at home, silly with my husband. So that was the moment that I realized I may be coming into something where I don't feel like I have to put on a facade or I don't have to put on a mask or I don't have to code switch because I'm not doing that. And I, and I made up my mind that I was not going into my interviews code switching. Like I literally said, I'm going to talk how I talk. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to speak how I speak. And so when I went into my Microsoft interviews, I had someone who looked like me um, he was a, a, black, a black man, but then I also had two other interviewers who didn't look like me and let me be myself, which was very rewarding because, like, even I told my director this week, I said, you have to understand, I don't think you understand as a white man for you to encourage me and other black people who are under you and report to you for you to encourage us to be our absolute self and be okay with us being ourself. And it, it actually, I was in tears telling him this in our one-on-one. -on -one. I said, you have to understand what that means for us as for the culture, for black people. And I said, I know you'll never get it, but I keep saying it because other people can't say it to you. So I'm gonna say it to you on behalf of my community. I, I appreciate the fact that you can, you are allowing us to be ourselves, although I'm gonna be myself anyway. Um, <laughs> so, so to answer the question, in terms of a, a token, I have never been in a space or interviewed with a company that um, I feel like I'm being a token. What I have experienced though, is I've been under a black person and was told not to be myself. Ooh. And I've also been under a white folk and was welcome to be myself. Yeah. So I was very confused. Yeah. Like, confused as shit. <laughs> like, I was very confused. And, and because we're in this safe space, not only was I under a black person, but we were in the same sorority. Wow. 
And it broke my heart. Yeah. And it broke my heart to a point where my now, my current manager had to break me out of that P work PTSD because I, I was holding back a lot from being myself because someone who looked like me told me not to be. And I couldn't understand it. Yeah. And so it not only did it break my heart, but it confused the hell out of me. And I was just like, how is it that we are in a space where George Floyd was just killed, where Breonna Taylor is killed, where Ahmaud Arbery is killed, and you're actually telling me that I can't be me and you look like me. Right. Not only did that piss me off, but I also called her secretary and was like, you need to tell her what, I, what I'm about to tell you. Because you, you don't understand that not only are you my leader, but you are supposed to be encouraging me to be great. Yeah. So how are you my leader? So I, I actually experienced the opposite. And it's taken me more than some years to get out of that mindset of you can't be yourself, which is why you all on LinkedIn, when you follow me, I am my absolute self because I was told not to be. Right. All right, so uh, next question I have, and again, after this question, please make your way up uh, for anyone that uh, has any, any questions on the mic. Uh, so this is wonderful. Initially, I thought this question would have just fit for the talent source and recruiter, but knowing that both of you have been in positions, um, Sherman and Cortez, y'all have also been in positions where y'all either influence or directly were like saying the yes to hiring or bringing this person on, feel free to answer this as well. Salary negotiations. What are some suggestions for someone who is going through the interview process with a company, especially a person, maybe it's their first time, they haven't, at least they haven't been working in this space yet, and they're intimidated or worried or fearful about salary negotiations. What are some tips that y'all have for that? Can I start? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, good, I'm gonna kick off my shoes because I done got comfortable. Um, okay, y'all, listen. I, I actually met with someone this week in uh, just a kind of a salary negotiation conversation, so this is perfect. And she said to me, I don't care what the number is, I just want to get out of my current job. And I said, you are setting yourself up for the okie doke. I said, I don't care how bad a job is. If you keep saying that, you're going to keep accepting lower and lower and lower and lower than what you deserve. So anyone who's intimidated, whenever you're going into an interview, anyone who's intimidated by um, asking for a certain number, I would then ask you, do you know your worth? Because if you don't, then that is gonna allow you to be intimidated by the, whether it's the company, whether it's the person who is making you the offer, whatever. So I always tell people, have a number in mind. You then ask for the pay band. Ask the person making you the offer, can we have a, a transparent conversation and what the pay structure of this particular role that I'm interviewing for is? If they can offer that information, they'll tell you. If they can't offer that information, they'll tell you. Either way, you don't wanna feel like you're lowballing yourself, but you also wanna make sure you're having a very honest conversation with the person making you the offer because you don't wanna feel like I'm not making the money that I should. So you also then have to consider 
and black folk, we're not taught this. So I didn't learn this until I got into tech one year ago. So <laughs> we're not taught that there is a difference between base salary and total comp. Yeah. I didn't know that until I got into big tech. So you always want to make sure you have a base salary number. And if the person ask, making you the offer asks you, is that your base salary or is that your total comp? If the number is considered low, always say that is your base salary. Because you have to remember, you have to factor in your sign-up bonus and your stock, which is made up of your total comp. Benefits are not included in your total comp. So always have that information and that knowledge so when you then go into your salary negotiation conversation, you won't be intimidated. Last thing I'll leave you with, and I'll let my other panelists go. If you made it to the salary negotiation part, they, means they, that means they want you for the job. That means you are qualified and good enough for that job. So it is not only did you show up in your interviews, now it's time for you to show up to tell them the money you want to make. Yeah. If you decide to accept a certain amount that you know you don't want, you can't then go back once you started and say, can we renegotiate my salary? Because you have accepted something that they've offered. So you have to make sure that if you accept a salary, you, you know you're accepting a number, and you have to be okay with that. That's good, that's good. So, so. In addition to that, I think it's best to ask more questions than what you're giving information. It's perfectly fine to ask a sourcer or a recruiter, and really a sourcer at the top of funnel before you get past that business phone screen with the hiring manager, based upon my years of experience, given that quantitative number, based upon me living within this market, what is the range for the base? In addition to that, what is the target bonus? Is that eligible to be paid out at 200%? In addition to that, what is the equity range? Is there an equity refresh? There is nothing wrong with asking questions because the more questions you ask them about your worth, it's gonna tell you how they value where you are at this point in your career. And then you don't have to stick to this one conversation with this one company. Normally when we're interviewing, it's for several different companies at one time. You can utilize those numbers to negotiate in whichever direction you decide to go. Would you also say that when a candidate is asking these further questions, like they're not just mentioning base, but they're talking about total comp, they're talking about if there's some like opportunity for equity or other benefits and things, does that make that candidate actually look more attractive? Like, does it make them seem like, okay, they're not just trying to get a quick job and make a bunch of money, but mm -hmm. they are even knowledgeable about some of the benefits and opportunities, or they're even asking further like questions. Does that make them look better as a candidate? Yes, 100%. Yeah. And then it makes the hiring team take them more serious yeah. as well. They don't look like a pushover. You said what? Said they, don't, they don't look like a pushover. So if you ask certain questions, like if my candidates ask me certain questions, I know they know what they talk about. So it's really difficult for me to go back to my leadership if they ask for a certain amount and I have to go and get that approved. It's really hard for me not to get it approved because I have enough information that they've provided to me that I can take back to my leadership and say, this is why they think they deserve this particular number. Yeah. Right. 
And then, you know, you have to think about at some point when you're leaving one job and you're transitioning to another, you would have accumulated some type of bonus within that current role that you are probably not going to get that payout because you're transitioning out. So always take that and use that and leverage a sign-on bonus at every single transition, everyone. Does that make sense, what she just said? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Okay, so when they come apply to our jobs, <laughs> um, we're going to say no to everyone that's here, okay, that's in the room. That's, no, that's some good knowledge. I mean, straight up. That's, I think that's some really good firsthand knowledge. I wish I would have known that when I first got started. I got lucky. I told y'all a little bit of this kind of in the green room before, you know, we came out here today. Um, my first job in tech, that first job, Cyrus, that I had, I got stake in the company. And within 13 months of me joining that company, it was a tech startup. They were based in California. I was working remote, living here in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, they decided to sell the company. They sold the company. Um, and I had shares in the company. It was a privately held company. And I got a check in the mail when that sale went through. And that was a game changer. Yeah. That, like, changed my whole trajectory of, like, I'm working in tech and I'm just hustling and I'm doing my thing yeah. to, like, oh, I got money. <laughs> like, I got money. It was different. Like, you know, like, I, I came from you know, a lot of places where maybe some of y'all came from. Like, I was the first one in my family to graduate from college. Okay, I was the second one to go, the first one to graduate, right? I had a kid in college while I was in college before I graduated. I wasn't expected to even do anything. So for me, not only was I doing okay by making it in tech, but now I got a six-figure check in the mail, cash, free and clear, and I'm still working. Yeah. You know, so for me, you said something, and I hope people didn't just let that just pass you by. But don't just look at the salary that you're getting from the organization, but also look at that total comp, look at the equity that you could potentially get if in that organization, shares in the company, stock in the company, stock options, re-ups over time. Look at the entire compensation package when you're negotiating that salary because it's been a game changer for me that's allowed me to be able to do the things that I'm doing now outside of my day-to-day -day life. But it really started because of the tech startups and the equity I had in those firms. Yeah. And really, really quickly, if we have time, when you guys receive those RSUs or stock in the form of RSUs, those are paid out over a certain amount of years and dispersed over a certain amount of time or, or a certain frequency. You can choose to use those RSUs to trade other stock. You can open a stock account. You can decide to cash them out as free cash flow um, hopefully you're keeping them in, but whatever is best for you, just be sure to ask what those options are because that does matter. So uh, real quick, a couple of things I want to drop on y'all. Start negotiating your salary before your first interview. I do this all the time. <laughs> Don't wait to the end to start talking about how you want to get paid. Um, that's one big thing. The other thing that I want to say is go into that situation or the interview talking to a recruiter or anybody with confidence. I will say that engineering um, and being in big tech, there's a scarcity of good engineers, right? So uh, putting this on y'all, they need you more than you need them. 
Trust me on that. Um, so come, don't come into those interviews or talking to recruiters really timid or not understanding. Come in there very aggressively. And if you come in aggressively like that, you'll get paid aggressively. Uh, the other big thing that I want to mention about just negotiating salaries is that they talked about, and it's very well, it's like you can ask people, you know, ask your recruiter, ask anybody what the pay band is. I mean, we live in 2023. You can look online and see what the average rate is going for an engineer in your area code, right? So take advantage of that information and go after it. Um, you talked a lot about you went to, you started with a company that was in California, it was a tech startup. I've worked with a lot of companies that are in California. One huge tip is if you have the experience and you have the, the I'm just gonna say you have the balls to <laughs> um, do this, um, Every interview that I've had with a company that worked in California, I tell them straight up, I want to be paid California rates, Ooh. and I am in Georgia. Um, and a lot of times, they will pay it. That's a nugget. So yeah. keep that in mind when you're going in and you're looking at a job, like, hey, this company is based in California. They're automatically going to pay an engineer that does the exact same job as me 100K more than what I have just, just because they live, they live in a different area code. Yeah. I don't think that that is... That's fair. We're doing the exact same work. So I just want to leave you guys with that. That's a bar. I'm going to hit one quick thing. That's a huge tip. That's why all of my companies are all California-based. <laughs> <laughs> How you in Georgia living like that? Bro, I'm in Cali. You just, you just don't I, know I it. Live in Georgia. You just don't know it. My, my mind is in Cali. <laughs> my bank account in Cali. My mind in Cali. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a whole nother nugget. We can save that for later. One quick thing I wanted to hit. I know a lot of y'all don't have experience in tech, and y'all are getting into tech. One other thing that I used, I leveraged my previous experience before getting into tech. So I chose specifically to get in financial technology for a reason. I had five years experience in banking before deciding to switch to tech. So for me, instead of just applying for random jobs at Google or random tech firms, I looked at companies where they would look at my previous experience and not dismiss it. They actually leveraged my five years of banking experience and built that into qualification time for the role itself. So instead of me coming in as a entry level sales engineer or entry level technical account manager, and that's actually the job I started as, a technical account manager, they brought me in at a senior level because I had a business degree and I had five years experience in banking because the clientele I was gonna be serving in that tech role was a bank. So everybody may not have banking experience, I'm not saying you all go into FinTech or whatever, but use whatever you have. If you guys have experience in the medical industry, healthcare, uh, whatever it may be, schools, compliance, education, leverage that and maybe use that as your entry level into the tech field. And then once you get into tech, then obviously branch out, do your thing. But if you're looking to maximize the account like I always am, that was a trick for me to help me kind of hit the bag and hit the bag early. Crystal, you heard that? Because I just told you that. You heard that? Oh, okay, cool. Sure. I got one, one more thing, too. If you go into a salary negotiation conversation and you want to make a certain number, please make sure that your resume can speak to why you deserve that number. I've had people come to me and tell me they want to make a certain amount, and I've gone to their resume, I say, tell me what on your resume tells me you deserve this, and they can't speak to it. 
So why should I believe that you deserve it when you can't even tell me why you deserve it? So definitely have that confidence to back you, but you also need to be able to speak to your skill set. And after you do that, you then go and walk into your salary negotiation conversation with confidence. Hold on really quickly, we have to interrupt to give a major shout out to our event sponsor, Careers. Careers is the one that actually made our podcast In the Sky happen, them being our main sponsor. But aside from just being a sponsor for Podcast In the Sky, Careers is actually a tech bootcamp that I did to break into tech. Yes, I did their sales engineering program. I have friends who did their manual QA program, their tech sales program. All of us have broken into tech between about one month to five months. Most get a job within that range. So definitely check out Careers. Uh, we do have information for a discount that'll be linked somewhere. Uh, we'll also have it in the description. But apart from that, we want to thank Careers for being both a great tech bootcamp as well as the sponsor for our podcast in the sky. That's good. good. All right, y'all. So uh, the, the mic is open for any questions uh, that someone might have. Here come Kyle. No. <laughs> Are y'all? And uh, also, just a heads up: we we are short. Uh, we are short on time, so Rhea doesn't uh, doesn't beat me up. Um, I'm gonna ask that uh, the questions that are for the panelists uh, that one we keep the questions condensed down to like at least like a minute, um, and that yeah yeah. And also, uh, panelists, if we can uh, limit the just two panelists like per answer, uh, and try to also keep it condensed as well. Go ahead. How y'all feeling? Good. Yeah, good. Cool. All right, so Mr. Cortez, I have a question for you. So you talked about leveraging your experience and also uh, education when breaking into tech. So how much weight, because a lot of people here do take boot camps, how much weight, and this is also a question for, for recruit, recruiters, but how much weight do boot camps hold? And are those recognized as as credible accolades uh, Ooh, that's a good that's a great question. Five years ago, very little. Today, I would say almost equal playing field to a four-year degree. You know, I think that pendulum has shifted, right? Cyrus, you would probably agree to that. You've been a beneficiary of, of that, right? Um, I think now when we're looking at specifically tech roles, um, we're looking at boot camps and the skill set you're able to bring to the table for those tech roles, right? SRE, engineering, QA, right? Those type of roles, sales engineers, TAMs, technical account managers, even PMs, right? All of those roles now, we're looking at those certifications as specialized knowledge yes. that carry just as much weight as a four-year specialized degree in that same field. So I think they're right on par. Um, thank you. Y'all heard that? Yes. So if you're in a boot camp, you just heard it here first. A good one. A good one. A good one. <laughs> yeah, make it, let's make it a good one, not some 7-Eleven boot camp, okay? Just, yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. I like I actually took one of my questions, so I appreciate that, man. Uh, but uh, this one is actually going to go to Shanae and Brittany on your guys' side. So one of the biggest things, and background about me, I'm actually in tech right now. I'm a um, senior engineer or senior sales engineer. Uh, for tech right now, but a lot of newer people, they enter these organizations at different you know, levels, whether that's a startup or like a Microsoft level, and kind of a lot of people need to understand that or kind of have that feeling like, I just need to get into tech, basically. And so um, what advice would you give to people, and you mentioned this, Shanae, as well, kind of like being your authentic self, authentic self, what type of advice would you give to new black employees to be their authentic self in a company that might not possibly have those safe spaces that 
Brittany mentioned earlier um, previously? So I can tell you what I did. So for me, the advice I gave myself um, was to, what I did was I watched how my aunt was treated. And so I, whenever I watch something like that, I then say, I don't want to be treated like that. So if I have to keep turning down jobs because I'm going to be treated like that, then I'm just have to keep turning down jobs until I find the right space for me. Because I go into interviews with the mindset that I am also interviewing you. Yes. So I need to make the decision on whether this is good for me, too. So same way that um, I think Cortez said it, that, or no, I'm sorry, um, Sherman said it, that uh, the, the candidate is needed as well. The same way the company needs the candidate, the candidate can actually say they need the company, but it, it may be a little bit more on one side versus the other. So you can use walking into an interview or a space and say, I decide if this is right for me. And if y'all don't like it, then I'm gonna just go with the money reside somewhere else <laughs> where I'm accepted. So that's just the mindset that I actually kind of lead with. And then I also lead with the fact that like, I'm a child of God, so I'm led by him first. So you can't touch what he's already predestined me to have anyway. And just quickly speaking to your comment on getting a foot in the door, I think that that's a red flag for hiring teams, even though that is the case. You want to come into that interview process as if this is exactly what you want to do because this is your passion and you want to excel and then you want to grow, yep. but not that you're looking to get a foot in the door to hurry up and in six months, as soon as you can, apply for that next internal move. Right, exactly. And I, had, and I had a follow-up to that, which goes into a point Sharon mentioned er earlier. You mentioned about being aggressive, being assertive in a room, you know, knowing that, knowing your worth, basically. So how do you give advice to those people who might not have that sort of confidence going into these interviews or going into these companies, how do you make sure that they, you know, those kind of introverted, more introverted people who don't have that voice to speak up, how, what type of advice would you give to those type of um, new employees? Practice. I would say um, when I interview, I am interviewing at a lot of different companies at one time um, to see what's out there and also to prepare myself for other interviews that I may be coming into. If I'm interviewing somewhere, um, I haven't interviewed in a long time because I, I stay somewhere for a while, right? So I will go into an interview, I will try something, I will try a negotiation strategy, and a lot of people are afraid to do that because they think they're missing an opportunity. But I'm a huge basketball fan, right? You may take, you know, 100 shots a night and you may miss them all, but you only need to hit that three at the end of the game and win the game, right? So don't be afraid to go into an interview be aggressive, try a new strategy. If it doesn't work, okay, on to the next. There's a ton of different engineering roles and jobs that are out there. So practice, get yourself prepared, and try it. I'm an introvert, I'm a practice extrovert, right? So you have to accumulate those skills, you have to practice those things, and that's how you get to that point. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Uh, I guess, should I introduce myself first and then answer the question, or? Yeah. 
Okay. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Carson. I'm 18 years old. Um, actually got an offer in tech sales about a month ago. And yeah, um, honestly, Cyrus, you're a real inspiration for me seeing you as a sales engineer. Um, I actually am in the SDR kind of field. And yeah, honestly, getting into high ticket sales as well around now. Um, job hopping kind of in that transitioning phase right now. So um, but because I actually help people get hired for, um, for tech sales roles, specifically interview help, LinkedIn help, resume help, I actually wanted to know just from questions that my mentees have asked, like how do you actually discern a company, a boot camp, a job before getting on that interview? Because an interviewer or a recruiter can tell you anything that you want, that they want you to hear. So before you even get on that interview, how do you actually discern the company and have that due diligence to judge the quality of that you know, company or boot camp as a whole? I just want to highlight that this guy said he's 18, 18. and he has, yeah. and he has mentees. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to speak to what you're saying, um, again, you have to research. You have to go online, understand what that company is offering, what their interview process is. You know, you got a lot of different social media outlets out here. You can reach to different employees and people that are that have worked for that company. I mean, one of my big strategies is to go talk to people that were disgruntled when they left. <laughs> I get a real view of um, what that company was like or just the pain points that they may have. Now, take that with a grain of salt because some people are bitter when they leave, but you want to get that full perspective of that company before you, you start to entertain it, right? And when you get in those interviews, and I can speak directly to engineering, when I get in front of engineering teams, they interview me, but then it becomes an interview of them. Right? I start asking them questions like, hey, what's your culture like? Like, how do your stand-ups, do they run over? You know, um, how do you, how you, your sprint cadence go? Or how are you doing your planning? I start asking a bunch of different questions, and I use my knowledge and my experience to be able to assess, you know, how this company actually is structured and if it's a good fit for me, right? And always at the end, trust your gut, right? You're, you're going to feel whether or not it's a fit or not, and don't ignore that. Um, Comparably.com is a really good tool as well. You can compare two companies, I believe, at a time. You can look at how their CEOs are rated by those employees. You can look at their diversity programs. You can look at how many times they've been awarded for diversity, equity, inclusion. You can look at how they are rated or put up against each other with regards to benefits, compensation, even as far down to how uh, different races within that company feels about their compensation and their culture, et cetera. Okay. What did you say the name of that website is? Comparably. Comparably, okay. Yeah. Okay, Thank you. Oh, one more? Okay. Um, this is honestly a question for the people. I know you have a lot of content creators, micro-influencers that follow you. Uh, how do we actually find out the qualifications for jumping on the podcast episode with you? Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. This opportunity? Not, not, it's, it's real simple. Um, you just have to pay us $100 million. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, I'm just messing around. Um, no, so the, our qualifications are kind of, so right now what we're looking for, especially going into 2023, we're looking for founders of tech companies, people who are senior level uh, at a tech company, um, 
recruiters, but since we've already had like phenomenal recruiters and talent sourcers, we are kind of specializing it with recruiters that either are at big tech or at some unique type of tech company. And then from there, if it's not someone who's senior level or if they're not a founder or if they're not a recruiter at a unique tech company, then it would be someone who is an influencer. They're doing cool stuff in yeah. tech uh, in general or cool stuff on their platform while they're working in tech. Okay. So, yeah. Appreciate that. Hi, everybody doing? My name is Eric. Um, also 18, Carson. We know each other from high school as well. And I'm in college at Arizona State University, do online. And my question is to you guys, specifically Cortez, um, how me wanting to go into real estate as well, like you are in, and going into tech as a sophomore in college, how would I be able to navigate through that process and being able to possibly get an internship somewhere, not being a senior just yet, right? Yeah. And being able to um, leverage something that I might not have just yet, right. but so while I'm doing my studies and everything yeah. that I could do so I can get the best um, internships possible without maybe it being like Microsoft or Amazon or Uber or something like that, but something that can get me ahead right. just like the boot camps can as well as getting a degree as well, if, if that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah, I, I got you. I think I know where you're going. So I could use a very clear example. Um, my junior year in high school, my junior year in college, I actually got an internship at a biotech firm called Becton Dickinson. It's my junior year going into my senior year. It was a paid internship. I think I was making $18 an hour at the time. Um, at the time, great money, $18 an hour. I was like, okay, I could make some things happen, you know. I'm young, I ain't really have no responsibilities at that point. Um, I actually took that money, and this actually is posted on my Instagram page in one of my little highlights. Um, I actually got a place off campus, right? I took that money, moved off campus. I rented a four-bedroom duplex in Patterson, New Jersey, in the hood. Um, P-Town, stay down. Um, house hacking. From Jersey. That's what you did? House right? hacking. House hacking. I really house hacked, right? I stayed in one room, and I rented out the other three rooms to other people that were on campus that didn't want to live on campus and need a little bit of space, right? I took a little bit of my scholarship money I had left over at the end of the year. Some people, y'all got financial aid, and you have that money that comes at the end of the year. Instead of blowing it at the mall, take that money and buy some furniture, right? I bought furniture, furnished the room, so instead of me renting it out for a couple hundred dollars a month, I rented it out at a higher rate because now those rooms are now fully furnished, Right, this is my junior year in college, undergrad. Right, I was, I don't know, 20, 21, something like that, I don't know. Um, so I house hacked my way through as I was working at internships. So I used my internship to get it, because I had an income coming in, so I qualified for it, and then I house hacked my way through, paid for itself, and then that's kind of how I was able to like, okay, now I got some free cash flow to do some other things. I bought a car, et cetera, et cetera. You can repeat that right now, right? House hack, and that's your first real estate venture, your first property. I'm not even saying you have to buy the property. I was leasing the property, house hacking, okay? So don't always think like you gotta invest in real estate by buying something. Mm -hmm. You can invest in real estate by having a stake, rather a rental, a lease agreement, and as long as you've got that ability to house hack and sublet and do whatever you need to do, you can leverage that to get started. That's so. good, that's good. We gonna talk. <laughs> like, y'all think I'm playing. I don't care that I'm 18. We talking. Understand? Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Yeah. What you know about P-Town Hey, everybody. My name's Hal. Um, this is really a general question. It's just a yes or no. Um, 
but basically I want to know for everybody on the panel, did y'all accomplish what you wanted this year? And if you didn't, what do you plan on doing to accomplish it? Yes or no's real quick. Yes, and my plan is to pay it for it. Okay. Yes, my salary doubled. Woo! And I do pay it forward. So yes. Yeah. Amen. I'ma say no. I didn't hit my goal this year, but I'm gonna kill it next year. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> I did hit my goal and I'm I'm looking forward to next year. Perfect, perfect. Uh at the beginning of this year, I think it was February, uh, I was hesitant about talking about tech on my social media page. I thought people were going to look at me crazy. It was mm -hmm. so different from my content. Mm -hmm. But I knew, I was like, man, even if I could just help just a handful of people, I was like, man, it's so worth it. I mean, thank y'all. Everybody who watches the podcast, anybody who, like, you know, rewatched the content, like, this is a thousand times bigger, greater than I even expected. So smash the goals and then some. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> so, how everybody doing? I have a quick question from private sector versus public sector. So, to my understanding, um, there's kind of a little few, like I, from a recruiting aspect, that private sector tends to frown upon a resume that has a lot of public sector experience and vice versa. Um, I wanted to, but I haven't necessarily, I've feel like I can say I've experienced that, but I don't know, haven't really validated whether that's true. So I wanted to kind of get you guys' opinion on that from being private sector. Do you feel like seeing a lot of public sector is like, eh, and, and vice versa? Great question. I have not ran into uh, working or hiring for one hiring team that that was like a major deal breaker for. You? No, I haven't. I've had maybe I think I've had one experience where I brought on a BA that had, you know, public sector experience, brought her over to private sector. She did extremely well. Right after that, we began to respect that public sector experience more after that. So you're right that there is bias there. I don't know where it came from or why it is the way it is, um, but we had to do some convincing internally to that hiring committee. Y'all probably know about that experience. Um, yeah, we had to we had to really fight for her, you know to get her in. But she did a really great job at our organization, and because of her success, we went back to the well of wow, okay, this can be successful. So there is probably a little bit of a glass ceiling there, maybe for that crossover, right? That just hasn't happened enough in our spaces. Maybe I don't know what you would say about that, but I think it is beginning to happen more and more. I would actually challenge you to look at it in a different light. If you're in the public sector, you have a immense amount of knowledge to actually provide to a private sector that is trying to get government contracts, that needs to understand compliance, all of those things. So start going after those type of companies that need that. And you will, your value will skyrocket because you'll have other candidates that don't have that experience um, competing for you at a job that you can run circles around. So I would start looking at it as a strength and start targeting the companies that need that experience. Defense contracting companies. Defense contracting companies, General Dynamics, um, uh, what is it, um, Northrop Grumman, right? Yeah. Those are organizations that come to mind, maybe to that example. Lockheed Martin, Lockheed Martin right? Same thing. Right. 
anybody who deals in the government space would use, that kind of goes back to the earlier example, right? Use that previous experience and maybe that's your way in. Okay, thank you. All right, now just for uh, clarity, these are our last two guests that we're gonna do and then we're gonna have to kind of wrap up the panel. Hello, my name is Neka, and I'm actually just stepping up for the ladies because I haven't seen anyone come up for the ladies. Um, but I feel like it's important for the women to know what are the disadvantages of being a woman in technology and how can they bridge the gap? Because I used to be in technology for seven years and I saw some things and I was just speaking to some of the ladies, so I think it'll be good to let them know that. So from a recruiting perspective, because we are in HR, it is our job or my job specifically so that no one is discriminated against and being a woman of color, I'll be damned. So I start with that. Um, with that, the challenges that you face at times from a recruiting perspective is when you get hiring managers who, although they aren't saying they want a man, you can hear it just by their conversation. And so if, uh, if you have a hiring manager that's saying he a lot, or, or him, or something like that. It's almost as if um, they're, they're, they're programmed and they're trained in or they're already used to only being in a space that is uh, male-dominated. That also then also is break, broken up by culture as well. So I've learned that kind of working with different cultures, um, there are different cultures where being a man is more prominent in that space than for a woman. For me specifically, um, no matter the walk of life of the woman, if I get uh, one of my hiring managers to hire a woman, that's a win. Because not only have we diversified the department or the business that I'm supporting, but it shows that you're open to the knowledge that any person, no matter your, your gender or your race, can bring to the position. So me specifically, if a hiring manager meets with me, they've actually have proactively said, Shanae, can you please send me women? Shanae, can you please send me diverse candidates? Or Shanae, can you please send me? And part of that is I feel like they talk to each other because they know when they come to meet me, they got to come correct. So I've taught them how to treat me. So the idea is when you speak to me, you're going to come correct or don't come at all because I'm going to challenge you every time you don't want to see a person of color or a person who is gender diverse and things of that nature. So to answer your question, it is difficult when you find or you're in those spaces where you have to advocate, but it feels good, though, when you are a woman advocating for women, especially women who look like you. Hello everyone, um, my name is Samuel, and um, the question I have is, um, so you've all scaled up pretty quickly in tech, and um, I guess the question is, um, are there some key metrics that you guys kept track of that would say made a difference in you um, progressing quicker than the average person in tech? I, I would say to that, um, in tech, you actually move as fast as your ambition is, essentially, right? So when I look at myself when I was in my early 20s, um, I would spend a lot of time reading engineering books, studying up, just trying to master my craft. And I missed a lot of nights out with my friends. I mean, essentially, they would say, man, why are you working so hard? Like, I don't understand it. 
And over time, you start to reap those awards. You have to understand in technology that you may go to a boot camp, you may spend four years in school. That is not the end of school for you. Like, this is a everyday learning thing. Technology changes faster than anything else in the world. Something that was relevant six months ago will not be relevant a year from that, from that day, right? So if you want to grow and scale in tech, you just have to have the hustle and the desire to do it. The opportunities are out there. Like I said, a great engineer, that is a scarcity, right? So if you want to scale in tech, you want to make a lot of money, you want to have a certain position, then do your homework is what I tell them. And I will say that people that go to coding boot camps, I'm a little jealous of you all because I had to do four years in school <laughs> to, to get my first engineering job. And I see people coming out of coding boot camps now making salaries that took me a while to make, right? Um, so it's a great and beautiful thing. But also what I do see is a lot of them don't have the passion of engineering. And I can tell you from a CTO or principal engineer, I can tell on the spot if you're here just because you want to make a book or you're actually passionate about engineering. And those people that are passionate about it, those are going to be people that it's, it's 2 a.m. in the morning, they're still coding. They're still reading books. When you're waking up in the morning and you're like, all right, let me open my email or open Teams to see you know, what the chatter was about, they've already been in there. They're already on top of their game, right? Those are the people that scale and grow faster in tech. So if you want it, you got to go after it.